Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion of living a life more unconventionally. I'm one of those people that you have at a dinner party and I ask all the uncomfortable questions of people. Fun for some, not for others, but this entire podcast stems around one question. If there is one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Now today I've got a different episode in store for you, as I'm thrilled to say. This is the 100th episode of the podcast. Now making 100 of anything is a milestone, I think, to be proud of. You know, in the times that we live now of instant gratification of most things, you know, be it buy now, pay later, move on if your social feeds don't load, you know, in under a second, maybe changing careers more time than you change your hairstyle. Sticking at something is often underrated, but change is inevitable and highly regarded in today's busy cut and thrust corporate world. But so is staying power, in my opinion, for seeing things through, you know, that grit, tenacity and sometimes madness, I guess, that it takes to continue something that at times you may wonder why on earth you're doing it. Now, I started this podcast in the height of lockdown in June 2020, and I wanted to continue the conversations that I was having with people on somewhat uncomfortable topics. You know, after writing the books that challenge people's notions on topics like not having kids and death, doctors, not taking, you know, control of your own healthcare and stuff, I wanted to have more conversations on difficult topics. And I can say that over the last three years, I have certainly done that. It's been amazing and the different people I've been able to have on this podcast and the conversations that we've brought to light have been really, really fascinating. The conversations really are as diverse and interesting as the people I've had the absolute privilege of sitting down with one-to-one. It's these, you know, wide-ranging topics that I believe help bridge gaps between people. They build understanding and empathy about the differences between us and I kind of really honestly feel that the more understanding and tolerance that we have for those that live and think really differently to us, the better lives that we'll all live and the better world that this will be. Producing a weekly podcast uh, for no monetary impact is a lot of work. It requires, you know, dedication, belief that you're providing something of value and for me I guess interest that I'm enjoying it and I'm getting something out of it as well and I'm often asked what's been your most favorite topics or who is the most interesting person or guest that you've had on your show. Now reflecting back on the last 100 interviews I started to think about just how some of those conversations have impacted me you know really personally and how those sometimes, I guess, thought bubbles or wise words, words of wisdom that are garnered from another's experience has now made its way into my own life and has actually made me better. So for this 100th episode, I thought I'd share with you the top things that I've taken away from six conversations that hugely impacted me and that I've since integrated into my life. 
it shows the power of connection, I guess, the power of conversation and this medium and how seemingly jovial conversations can sometimes have a real major impact on your life. You know, if you're open to change and to doing something about it too. So, you know, people can listen to the same conversations that I've had and not do anything about it, sure. But I don't know, I guess those conversations have impacted me that much that I have actively made a difference and taken on board either things they've said or changed things in my life that have had a positive impact. So um, yeah, I thought I'd share those and it doesn't all happen by osmosis, of course, sorry to be a damper, but you uh, you know, need to probably do a little bit of work around it or um, as I say, at least be open to it as well. So I'll start by saying that some of the recent episodes that I've done you know, literally in the last sort of four or five weeks have been really quite profound. And, you know, they've had a, a pretty big impact on me already. And um, a lot of feedback I've got from, from some of those already um, has been really amazing. But they're probably a little bit too early, I think, for me to um, talk about today and in, in terms of having had the impact that I know is going to come from those. So things like the topic on relationship boundaries with uh, Dr. Rebecca Ray, that was pretty interesting. Saying yes with Susie Daphnis, I've already integrated some of that in the last few weeks. And the topic on purpose with Kylie Stone, they've, you know, as I said, they're all really recent and I'm still processing, I guess, some of those components that we talked about and where those speakers have really challenged my thinking. So I want to just preface those, but I'm going to come into, um, you know, I've gone right back through the 100 and really pulled out those key elements that some of those I'm using every day and different things that they've had an impact and others it's been really nice to reflect and think wow like I you know talked with that person over two years ago and I'm still you know having a wonderful positive effect that their conversations had on me so which is really nice. So the first one I'll talk about is quite recent which is number 96 and that was the topic of adaptive capacity and that was with Donna McGeorge and the key thing that she really challenged my thinking on was a concept called wipe your mind and Donna talked about you know she's like we only have a certain amount of capacity in life and so it's really important that we're conscious about how we use our time and our thinking and one of the things that she talked about was that most people have too much stuff going on and I could really relate to that and those of you that know me would relate to that as well so this concept of wiping your mind both like first thing in the morning and last thing at night we talked about you know journaling and things like that that I've tried and just don't really work for me whereas this was just it's not even a list it can be as messy or as you know fancy as you like but I literally have those watching I have a notebook beside my bed and the last thing at night before I go to bed I literally just write anything that's on my brain so it might be oh I've got to do this this and this tomorrow and I can't you know forget to email that person or you know it could be work related it could be elements that I haven't finished throughout the day it could be something personal it might be someone that I wanted to ring to check in on and see how they're going it might be someone's birthday it might be a family member that something's happening anything or it could be like you know I've got to bloody make a physio appointment anything that's on my mind or stuff that I'm really thinking about and that just keeps coming up often. So I'll write that down. And then equally in the morning, if I wake up and there's um, things on my mind again, I'll write those. And what that start had started to do for me is really 
one help to clear my mind and help me to have a much better sleep, which has been amazing. And also to clarify a few things that obviously if it shows up day after day, I need to do something about it because like this thing keeps coming up and I haven't done anything about it. It kind of by nature almost forms a bit of a to-do list for you. And it's wonderful. Like I'm really loving it. So really simple, easy, something so practical, which I love. I'm such a practical girl. Um, But that's really had an impact. And um, I thank Donna McGeorge for that one. That was great. The other one that's probably in that same kind of vein, and there's definitely similarities of some of the things that, um, you know, I've been reflecting on. This one um, was around pausing and the importance of taking stock. And this episode was with Michelle Falzon, uh, it's number 83. And she really talked about the value of pausing and the value of stopping. And uh, if there's another episode, Julie Hyde, who also talked about the negatively busy Um, which was a great episode too, really challenging that notion of us always being busy and too many things going on and the badge of honour that we've worn with that for so long and how that, you know, really is changing. And the stuff I love about the conversation with Michelle was she really created a framework around that, you know, what she termed as conscious forgetting, which I loved that term, conscious forgetting. And this is around giving your brain and body and soul and everything, I guess, a rest in order to rejuvenate and to be able to come back, be a better, stronger, whatever. And she talked about the framework that she's been adopting. Michelle works a lot in the creative space, but um, she gave some great examples of how you can use this kind of notion in anything that you do, you know, every every part of your day and every moment of your day. And so it's a five-step process and it talks about you saturate. So you're thinking about something you need to do and uh, maybe you're coming up, let's talk about a brand. We're coming up a new with a new uh, name for a business. So you want to saturate. You think about all the different elements that you've got to do with that brand and all the components that um, you, you know, maybe things that names you've come up with and uh, anything you can dump on a page. Then she moves into the um, next stage, which is percolate. And that's kind of letting things sit. So I often find with that, I go off and do something else or, you know, great time to percolate yourself isn't in the shower. Like it often just happens when you're thinking things through and um, the ideas come up, I find, you know, more often than not. Then you go into the creation stage, which is actually when you make and, and do things. And then we celebrate and then rejuvenate. And one of the components that Michelle is saying, instead of doing, you know, often that through that sort of process that people work through, they do saturate and they go straight from saturate to create. And then again, saturate, create, saturate, create, which creates what she terms a burnout loop. And I really resonated with this. And it's, you know, something, again, something quite simple that I have changed in my life, but to think about processes and things. And it could be, you know, something that I'm creating or making. It could be a decision-making I'm doing about something. You know, this actually works in lots of different um, manners, actually, when you start to integrate it more into your life. So saturate, percolate, create, celebrate, rejuvenate. They're the five stages. And really valuing that uh, notion of stopping, of pausing and reflecting on what you've done, what you've created and actually taking stock on sometimes I've found the learnings that have come through those processes as well that's been really helpful that then I can springboard then into the next stage or to the next project or whatever. So it's been really, really helpful. It's been um, fabulous. 
The next episode that I reflected upon was number 54, and that was with uh, the gorgeous Bryony Benjamin. And this is about supporting others through trauma. And it was such a great reminder um, for me, uh, even having gone through traumatic experiences myself, but really good, tangible ways and elements about how you can support others. And interestingly, obviously in the last couple of years, we've had lots of um, things going on. Most people have had some pretty shitty stuff happen to them, I think, through this time. But we've had um, personally lots of people um, in our lives that have had some traumatic experiences. And it's really sad and um, hard to not get affected by that. But it was a lovely reminder for me to think about how to um, support others through those times and, you know, how to do it well and how things not to do. One of the key things Bryony talked about was, you know, the things not to say to people. <laughs> like God only ever sends challenging things to people that can deal with it, which is a lot of bullshit really or you know only the strong ones get the, the you know the shitty stuff that happens to them or oh you're lucky it could be worse you know all those sort of dumb comments that people say and we talk about it in the conversation where people don't mean to be hurtful and people are often just really awkward they don't know what to say in a time like that and it's a really good reminder to think that like no one really knows what to say but the key thing is to you know it's really important to try not to fix the solution or to fix the situation I guess or you know to be there for them just to make sure that you're there to support them and to let them know that you're there and to sit with them and what I've found through um, you know these times again that I've been trying to support mates of mine and family members etc is just to be with them and to really listen and to be that kind of sounding board because sometimes that's all they want and all they need for that moment they know you can't fix their situation but the fact that they know you've got their back and that you're there for them really makes a difference and you know if I reflect on my kind of cancer story I've got a couple of friends that um have have had cancer and the you know the, these different prognosis in the last sort of year or so and it's been really disturbing and really sad some of the situations but you know I can sit there and talk about stuff with them but it's always from my own perspective even though I've had cancer and I've come through the other side of that pleased to say um coming up 20 years as well which I'm super excited about but I uh, my story is really different my situation is really different to those of my mates and so even I don't have the answers you know they're going through their own journeys and it's really important for me to kind of recognize that with them and say I'm here we can talk about anything together but my story was really different and I don't have the answers for you but I will help to be here with you and work it through and support you in any way I can so it was such a lovely reminder and the different things that Bryony's really made me think about continuously she has a wonderful book um, that is out as well and she's just a beautiful person if you um, follow her on Instagram so yeah really good reminders there that um, Bryony has, has brought into my life and the last couple of years since we've chatted a bit more upbeat, I guess, um, one that has had a significant impact. And if you follow me on socials, you would have seen that um, Mel Brown has, um, you know, played a big impact in my life since I've met her. The Mel and I talked on episode 36 about the psychology of money. And I'd never really heard about the notion about, you know, why we do what we do and why we think about money the way we do. So Mel really, you know, in this episode, she really talked about understanding your money type and your money story. 
And this has had a massive impact on me and my life and my husband's life and those around me because I talk about this a lot now. And also I think Mel's given me the permission to talk about money more comfortably because, you know, we grow up and think money's a dirty word and we should never talk about it. And, you know, I always had a mother that said, oh, you know, talking about money is uncouth and you shouldn't talk about it with anyone and your finances and, you know, all those sort of points. But there's a group of mates and mine, um, we're all businesswomen and we meet every month and we talk about everything to do with money, you know, how much stuff costs, what we're making on things, what we've paid for stuff you know, the business kind of margins, we talk about everything to do with it with the sense it's not about bragging or, you know, that kind of notion about money, you've got a lot or you've got a little or you've lost it or you've won it. It's all about the key undercurrent is about learning. And so sharing those stories with each other has had a massive impact on our lives and it helps us all to learn. And it's been a a beautiful thing that's been sort of integrated into my life in the last couple of years. But Mel really talks about that kind of money type and the four types are workers, discerners, creators and relators and she goes into in that more depth in the episode if you're interested to find out more and she talks a lot about you know nature and nurture and how that comes into money which people don't really understand and how you know it helps you to understand your money story like I gave a great example about mum and the way she used to talk about money she came from a very wealthy family but rebelled against that and and ran away from home when she was very young and so um, came from a lot of money and then didn't have a lot of money most of her life so she had a really interesting relationship I guess with money and a lot of that is instilled upon us as kids you know when you're growing up if you're in that sort of family and I think you know it's important to understand how those stories either serve you or you know you're sabotaged by that I guess and Mel helps people kind of rewrite those stories and to help them to rewrite their own stories in that regard. And finances are so personal, you know, the same plan doesn't work for everyone. And it's important to understand, you know, what your needs are and what your values are around money and what your wants are, I guess. She also educated me on the whole kind of streams of income. And you may have heard I've done an episode earlier about that, about the different things that I do and identified the different streams of income I did have before, but then also how Mel has um, really instigated that in me about ensuring that, you know, having multiple streams of income kind of sets you up for a better and safer position in the future, because especially, you know, in the last couple of years of people losing jobs over COVID and all those type of elements, then you're not as exposed, I guess, if, if um, different turns of things have happened. So, you know, her whole conversation around psychology of money has made a massive impact on my life. And after the conversation with her, I went and did her course, um, which is the financial adulting plan. And, you know, what I learned of a person that has run multi-million dollar companies, you know, I'm really good at running businesses and entities, but I was pretty shit at my own personal finances, which is not uncommon, I found. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was fabulous to learn some really good skills and, and things in that sort of space and um, something that's been wonderful to integrate into my everyday life and to also challenge people around me, you know, whether that be friends and family members and, you know, including Dan, my husband, around money stories and money types and how we kind of view that. That certainly made me better at um, managing those things as well. Leading into that, I guess, is around vulnerability. And the last two uh, conversations that um, have had a really big impact uh, from two male guests that I've had on board. The first one is, it was around, we talked about vulnerability with Nick Brown. And he was episode 22. He's the CEO of Batia. 
an amazing organisation and it was such a beautiful conversation with Nick. It really had a, a massive impact on me. But he really talked about the whole notion of mental um, health and, you know, if I talk about the nuance of that, of mental health versus mental ill health, how that important that language is. And it's really helped me to have conversations around mental health and mental ill health a lot more comfortably. And he, you know, wove into that around the vulnerability piece and about, you know, being a male and, you know, suffering from mental ill health at times. It's really difficult to have those conversations and how they really assist especially young people to start talking about those components. And he said that, you know, when we hold stuff back, you know, it means others hold stuff back whereas if we're open and honest and a lot more vulnerable then that helps others to open up and to share those sort of experiences which in this sort of space of you know mental um, health and ill health it's really important and that's where people can get a lot more help and so one of the things he talked about was no one's got it figured out no one's got all their shit together you know we may think they do if we look at them from afar or from social media, but, you know, if you are struggling to reach out to others. And so his conversation really gave me permission to, you know, check in with people a lot more and to ask those sort of hard questions, I guess, or those, you know, sometimes easy, just how you doing and, you know, anything you want to talk about with me and can I help you in any way versus being kind of frightened by those conversations. So it was a beautiful thing and it's something that I've integrated into my life. It's had a beautiful impact and hopefully I've been able to have conversations that have helped others um, because of that as well. And leading in from that vulnerability aspect, the final kind of impact of a conversation I had in the last couple of years has uh, was an episode right at the first series uh, in number 16 and that was all about embrace, embracing different. And that was with Finn, Finn by O'Hanlon, who uh, is an extraordinary human and such an interesting soul. I do miss him. I'm going to have to um, have a new conversation. We'll do a new episode, Finn. But she challenged me, as Finn does, and really has given me the permission in the last couple of years that I've been building upon around exploring and playing and finding your source, as he calls it. And it's that thing that makes your heart sing you know how do you know if you found it he says that people often ask him it's when you completely lose time when you're doing it you are so in the moment that you are completely unaware about what stuff goes on around you and for him it was around when he first found music and you know playing guitar and you know that's his love and his passion in life and it's led to lots of different other things and the conversation with Finn was so good on so many levels because he really you know, we talked a lot about energy and, you know, that um, how people say, oh, you've got a lot of energy. How do you continually feel that way? And how do you replenish your energy? And he said, well, I don't have to because I'm fundamentally doing what I want to do in life. I am tapping into what he called the source because he said, like, which is infinite. And he's like, if you're doing what you want to do and you're loving life and you're loving the components and you feel like you're, you know, giving back or making an impact or, you know, all the things that, you know, we want to do and, and add value to other people's lives and, you know, give back and make an impact on others. Then he said you are tapping into that source of which is infinite and you don't need to have a rest or to recharge or rejuvenate or whatever because you're fundamentally doing what you want to do and it, it can continuously you know makes you more energized which is just such an amazing concept and you know I'd started ceramics and pottery very early on um, and when Finn and I'd had that conversation and here I am you know a few years later two years down the track 
I'm sitting here in my studio now actually uh, recording this and, you know, I've now got a number of retail stores that are stocking all my um, products. I love what I'm doing with that. I love my life. I love the fact that it's multifaceted, that I'm doing multiple things, you know, from the board roles to, um, you know, speaking to the pottery, lots of different components that, you know, I've really changed my life in the last couple of years. And it's through conversations like having that with Finn to give you the permission to be different and to stand in your power and to really embrace that. And I remember he talked about as well that we all grow up as kids as being so unique and so different and that's in essence what we're designed to be and then through society and change and conforming and you know community and to fit into the way that the world is that we have to kind of toe the line and that's where we lose those unique elements and we lose that true essence and fundamental you know individuality that makes us so special and so he really challenges that and encourages us all to embrace that more which I loved. One of the other things that I've brought into my life through the conversation with Finn was this whole analysis piece, how he did the zero one analysis. And again, we talk about it a bit more in depth in that episode, number 16, again, if you want to go back and listen to that. And it's around evaluating anything that comes across, you know, your life in any moment of the day, you can do it continuously. And it's something that I have done since I've um, chatted to Finn. Can something have an impact? And this is especially so, I think, if you are overwhelmed by things that go on in society or in life, the news, you know, what's happening around you. And so Finn really challenges you to think about analysing everything. So if it's something that can I have an effect on the outcome of that information? So, you know, I see a piece of news of something happening um, over the other side of the world and can I have an, an impact on that? Well, maybe but possibly no so if it's a no then it's rated a zero and you do nothing about it you just forget about it it's like okay I can't do anything about that no it's um you know move on or if it's a yes it might be okay then it's you know people in an area that require some assistance and maybe I can um, you know they might be a million miles away but maybe I can give some money or some assistance or I can help in some sense in the charity so if it's a one then I can impact it, it gets a rating of a one. And then what can I do about it? What do I need to do? And then take action on that. And his notion is, and I, I must admit that having done this now for a while, so you can do this and you get really good at it. You do it all day, every day with anything, that any kind of information that's coming into your brain on a daily basis, you rate it a zero or a one. You will find that over 90% of the information you are bombarded with or that you consume or that comes your way, over 90% of that information is stuff that is rated zero. You cannot do anything about it. You can't, you know, have an impact on the outcome. You can't affect the outcome. And so therefore we get so wound up, so overwhelmed, like sometimes feeling exasperated or, you know, exhausted through things that often we have no control over and we can't do anything about. So he really taught me that and um, it's made a massive impact in my life. So um, I'm forever grateful, Finn. It's been a, um, a really interesting point to think about. And, you know, what this has done, instigating it, it's given me more time, more clarity, you know, far less stress in my life on a daily basis. And it probably goes into the, you know, the first episode I talked about with, you know, um, about the adaptive capacity 
actually the more aware you are of the information that you are allowing to come into your mind and your life and even your body every day, you know, you are more aware. The majority of info, as I said, that comes in is not serving you. And so, you know, removing that and removing essentially the garbage in your life just makes things a lot more clearer, makes, you know, life a lot more easier and a lot more joyous, I found. So little things that, you know, good to have an impact, but great things to kind of consider and think about. That's it. There are the six episodes in out of the last 100 that have had the most impact on me in these last couple of years that I have taken learnings from and instigated in my life and have had a positive impact on me. So I'd love to hear from you if there's anything that you've listened to on the podcast in the last couple of years that has had an impact on you or you would love to hear more about or that you've taken away from and thought, yeah, that's really good information because, you know, I have such beautiful, amazing guests on here and I'm so always forever grateful and feel so privileged to be able to talk with them and to have them share their time and their wisdom with us and I really genuinely hope that this podcast continues to have an impact on you as a listener as well and I really appreciate you um, supporting and listening to it and being a part of this so I want to finish off with if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about what would it be let me know Thank you so much for supporting me in this 100th episode. It's been an amazing project. I love working on it and I love bringing these conversations to you. It means the world with people rating and reviewing and sending me notes. I'll get all emotional thinking about this now, but it genuinely does. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Bye.